is A-M-E-M, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. I am locked and loaded with ample amounts of very pressing program material we must get to. Can you even say locked and loaded now on the air? That's politically incorrect, isn't it? Too damn bad. We're not politically correct in any way, shape, or form here on the Cigar Dave Show. But as I look across my giant glass desk here at Command Center Alpha... I am loaded. I could probably go six hours today. In fact, we were scheduled to have a guest. I put the kibosh on it, nixed it. Way too much to get to, including Kate Smith, that beloved patriotic American under attack, under siege. We as cigar connoisseurs under siege. As I look around here on my desk, I've got one more important story than the other. We will get to as many things as we can today. So no delay. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw political correctness. As always, your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief front and center, as I mentioned, command center alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa. As always, be sure to follow me, social media. Go to CigarDave.com. Upper right-hand corner, you'll see the links to all the social media feeds. Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show, is the handle. First up, Sergeant Steve, let me ask you, how did you sleep last night? Uh, Not too good. I kind of tossed and turned a lot. Ooh, not good, Sergeant Steve. This is very, very bad. Clearly, you did not have any horizontal pleasure maneuvers last night, because had you had them, you would have gotten a perfect night of sleep. Slept like a baby. Because researchers at Central Queensland University surveyed 800 men and women about their sex lives. New study saying that banging, stupping before bed improves overall sleep quality. They found that for 59% of women, 68% of men, pleasure maneuvers before lights out help them sleep very, very sound. But here's the kicker. Climaxing. Happy ending. Very, very important. Pleasurable ending. Very key. They found that 59... A correction. They found that 68% of women, 74% of men that ended up with happy ending, pleasurable ending, got a much higher proportion of better sleep. So the key is... It's not just about men getting happy ending. You must please your dames, or in my case, the harem, as well. Because 91% of men had happy ending, 64% of women. 
and they have found a correlation between happy ending and a good night's sleep. So, Sergeant Steve, I slept magnificently last night, out cold. But then again, when you have to pleasure the harem and vice versa, no problem. So my advice to all of you alpha males that are out there, you want a good night's sleep? Have your harem of one, your harem of two, your harem of 32 ready to pleasure you. And also, reciprocate too. You want them to have happy ending as well. All right, I am quite incensed. I am under, extremely hot under the collar because what has transpired with Kate Smith? The enemies of pleasure are on the attack. The assault is underway. They're after your cigars, sodas, snacks, coffee, meat, and the alpha male way of life. Stand by as the general has our marching orders. Kate Smith, an American treasure, sung over 3,200 songs in her illustrious career. By now you know that the New York Yankees and the Philadelphia Flyers have dumped Kate Smith's God Bless America because there are allegations, not allegations, but there were apparently two racist songs that she sang in the 1930s. Kate Smith, one of America's biggest stars, singers during the early 20th century. No ifs, ands, or buts. Most famous, without any question, for singing God Bless America. In fact, the song was written for her. Very, very active, very patriotic, very active in raising funds during World War II. Great picture of her with an inscription on the side of a missile. And I think it says, uh, to the Japanese or the Germans, love Kate. So very, very patriotic. Did a lot for raising money for war bonds. God Bless America sung for years and years and years and years. We play it, and we're not going to stop playing it. I'm going to say that right now. But apparently somebody, after this song has been played with the Yankees, since 2001 during the seventh inning stretch after 9-11, and the Philadelphia Flyers going back to the late 60s, all of a sudden they discovered two songs which had racist lyrics. Now, one of the songs is her 1931 rendition of That's Why Darkies Were Born. But here's a little interesting subnote, subplot to that particular song. It was written for the 1931 Broadway review, George White's Scandals, and was a satire of white supremacists at the time. Not only did Kate Smith record that song, but so did Paul Robeson, a well-known actor and civil rights activist, whose father, by the way, who's black, whose father was a runaway slave. He also recorded the song. Now, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The lyrics when you look at them, makes you cringe. But it was done at the time as a satire. Now, we can go back and say, look, something that we may have said 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, two years ago, may no longer be appropriate today. Do we cast everything, every work that somebody's done because they've used terms? I got news for you. The term African-American in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 
People may look back and say, my God, can you believe people actually said that? Blacks, many years ago, were referred to as Negroes. When you look at the name of NAACP, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, now would I some go up to somebody and say, oh, they're a colored person? Not really, but 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that was the terminology. Now in 20 years, there could be somebody that says, African Americans, very, very racist. Do we then go back and pull down statues or the names of schools of anybody that used that term? And again, do a little research. The Yankees and Philadelphia Flyers, I don't know who brought this to their attention, but if the president of the Yankees or the president of the Flyers or the owner, which is Spectrum Comcast of the Flyers, if anybody had any nad, a, a modicum of a nadsack, they would say, look, what she did, what she sang in the 1930s, one of the songs was a satire against white supremacists. The lyrics... We wouldn't sing those today. Nobody would. Another song that she sang back in the early 30s, same thing. Does that make her a racist? In fact, her family has come out, they're very upset, saying, our Aunt Kate was open to everybody, didn't discriminate against anyone. Now, don't you think we would have heard if Kate Smith was a racist 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Not a peep. But now all of a sudden, Kate Smith is the enemy. Kate Smith is evil. Two songs, one of which, again, is an absolute parody, a satire against white supremacists. She sang 3,200 songs recorded in her career. Now all of a sudden they're making a case out of two songs out of 3,200? Her niece said, and I quote, Aunt Catherine really did not see color. She didn't see a person's color. She was very in tune with a person's character. I've always thought that was a model. To not see a person's color, but to see their character. And this is why I'm incredibly sad. Kate Smith, known as the Songbird of the South, died in 1986 at the age of 79. No question. God bless America. Her most famous work. And it started, really got famous with sports in the 1960s, actually the exact date, December 11, 1969, it was decided by Lou Scheinfeld, who was the president of the Philadelphia Flyers at the time, who had a great op-ed in the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, earlier this week, basically saying that the ruckus, that two songs she recorded in the 1930s considered racist, the PC police have struck again, and that what the Flyers did a gutless decision. He played the song December 11th, 1969, and the reason that he played it, because a growing number of Philadelphia Flyers fans displayed a lack of respect during the playing of the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. The nation was divided over the Vietnam War, a lot of racist uh, un racial unrest. Many Flyers uh, fans were apathetic. They were rude. They were sitting, uh, chatting, eating, not removing hats. So he said, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to shake things up. So he decided to get one of Kate Smith's original recordings. He found it at a record store. They were playing the powerful Toronto Maple Leafs that night. 
He gave word to the sound booth to shake it up, and all of a sudden the PA announcer said, Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise, join in singing Kate Smith's recording of God Bless America. And Scheinfeld said the entire arena fell under a hush. Silence, followed by a growing buzz. But by the time Kate Smith's amazing voice hit the big high note, the crowd was enchanted. And ever since then, when they won that game, they played God Bless America. The fans had respect at that time. And all of a sudden, the Flyers won. They started playing that song, God Bless America, a handful of times, 21 times over the first three seasons, mostly at a key game. The Flyers won 19 of those 21 games, tied one, and lost only once. And they had a dismal record at the time. And then they decided during the playoffs, I think it was 1973, that they would start, or earlier that season, they would start playing the uh, uh, Kate Smith's God Bless America before every game. And then within a couple of years, Kate Smith sang it live before an adoring crowd. But now all of a sudden, Kate Smith is a pariah. Instead of somebody saying, look, there were 3,200 songs that Kate Smith recorded. We disagree with the lyrics. One of them, again, was a, you know, a satirical play to expose white supremacists and racists at the time. The other one recorded before that, no question. Questionable lyrics. We wouldn't use them today. But to destroy and demonize a woman's character, a woman's career, over a one song, really out of 3,200, is beyond asinine, beyond absurd. And not only have the Philadelphia Flyers decided to stop playing God Bless America before every game, they initially covered her statue, which was erected, uh, I want to say, after the team, I believe, won the... I think after she passed away, they put up a, a, a statue, a bronze statue outside of the arena. Not only did they cover it up, it looked like she was wearing a full head-to-toe you know, burqa, they decided to remove the statue. Uh, spect- uh, Comcast NBC Universal who owns the Philadelphia Flyers, whoever made that decision, I don't care if it was Brian Roberts, the chairman and CEO, or a lower executive, complete, wussified, beta, nadless males. If it were me, I would say, look, those were really two, but really one song out of 3,200. Would Do we agree with that song? No, but it was done back in the 19, late 20s, early 30s. But to castigate Kate Smith over a life of work, a body of work, we're not going to do that. Nobody's made a big deal out of it for the last, oh, what, uh, since 1970, almost 40 years, 69. Nobody's had a problem with it, 50 years. But now all of a sudden, somebody discovers this, miraculously discovers this. Now, let's take a look at another modern-day example. Do we, all of a sudden, in five years or ten years, do we decide that when a standard, a civil standard changes, if somebody uses a specific language or, or conducts themselves in a reasonable manner in a certain time period, but five years later, 20 years later, the standard changes, do we all of a sudden go back and say, 
because that person used questionable language back then, which wasn't questionable then, but it is today, we are now going to eliminate their entire body of work. Every single building or street named after them, we are going to, we're going to take the name down from the school and from the streets because the standard is different today. We can play that game for the next 10,000 years. And let me give you a perfect example. Martin Luther King Jr., MLK, that bastion of civil rights, which nobody would disagree with. MLK had a dream, but he didn't have a dream for gay people, for the LGBTQ, VMLOP, Z-A-C, add another letter. Because Martin Luther King's views on homosexuality not considered politically correct by 2019 standards. MLK was a Baptist preacher, believed in the biblical view of marriage. One man, one dame. But wait, as Ron Popeil would say, there's more. Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. also believed that homosexuality... I'm trying to do my Southern past, uh, pastor, reverend impression. Homosexuality was a mental disorder. That's right, MLK, who everybody puts in high esteem, a great civil rights leader. That famous speech back in the 1963 March on Washington, D.C. in August of 63, I have a dream speech. Well, he had a dream for civil rights, but Martin Luther King did not have a dream for homosexuality rights and equality. I have pulled a letter taken from his archives at the MLK Jr. Research and Educational Institute at Stanford University, a personal correspondence that Dr. Martin Luther King had with someone. It is called Letter Number 3, taken from a collection called Advice for Living. And I'm going to tell you exactly the question that was posed to MLK and his answer. And you tell me, you tell me after hearing this, if MLK would survive the scrutiny in 2019 on his views of homosexuality. Question, my problem is different from the ones most people have. I'm a boy, but I feel about boys the way I ought to feel about girls. I don't want my parents to know about me. What can I do? Is there any place where I can go for help? Here's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s reply. Your problem is not at all an uncommon one. However, it does require careful attention. The type of feeling that you have toward boys is probably not an innate tendency, but something that has been culturally acquired. Your reasons for adopting this habit have now been consciously suppressed or unconsciously repressed. Therefore, it is necessary to deal with this problem by getting back to some of the experiences and circumstances that led to the habit. In order to do this, I would suggest that you see a good psychiatrist who can assist you in bringing to the forefront of conscious all of those experiences and circumstances that led to the habit. You're already on the right road toward a solution since you honestly recognize the problem and have a desire to solve it. So, according to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., homosexuality is a mental disorder with a solution that can be acquired by seeing a psychiatrist. And those willing to recognize this 
can get on the right road and solve it. Hmm. Now, I ask you this after discovering this. Should we not take down his name from the thousands and thousands of streets across the United States? There's a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Tampa. There's MLK Boulevards in every city. MLK Highway, MLK Road, MLK Street, MLK Drive. Do we take all those down? How about all the schools named after Dr. Martin Luther King? Do we now go back and say all of those schools, because Dr. Martin Luther King's views on homosexuality back in the 1960s, 50s, and 60s are not congruous with what the views are in 2019, we must go back. We must go back and remove every statue of him, every bust of him, the name of uh, his name off of every school, off of every road. I'm asking you all, should we do that? Does that make sense to you? The answer is, of course not. It's ludicrous. He had a different view. Now, views change. People change. Social norms and acceptable things change. I remind you that at one time, getting divorced, oh my goodness, you're a divorcee. It was frowned upon. It was looked as you were a pariah in your community. Today, divorce, what's the big deal? My point being is we can go back in time. Go back 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, 150 years. Those Confederate statues, I'm not a Confederate. I'm a Northerner originally. I don't believe in slavery, never have. My people left slavery in Egypt. They celebrated Passover. So I'm all familiar with slavery. Do I in any way, shape, or form say at one time America should have had slavery? Hell to the no. But do I believe in removing all those Confederate statues? No, because it's a part of our history. Kate Smith, two, really one song out of 3,200. No question, the lyrics were racist by today's standards, even back then. But again, times have changed. To castigate her, to blemish her, is unacceptable. God bless America, Kate. We're going to play her when we come back. April selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Hoyo La Amistad Sampler, including the Hoyo La Amistad Silver. This full-bodied sequel to the Hoyo La Amistad is crafted entirely with Habano seed tobaccos and using some of the oldest Cuban methods. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, 
quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. Well, as I mentioned to you, we are going to continue playing God Bless America and Kate Smith. We will not succumb to the BS political correctness. We're not the lame-ass Philadelphia Flyers or New York Yankees whose bosses basically are beta, wussified, Pusses with no nadsack whatsoever. So I ask you to rise. I don't even have to ask you to remove your cap because I know every alpha listening to us will automatically do that. And let's listen to the wonderful rendition of God Bless America sung by the great and patriotic Kate Smith. God bless America, and God bless the great Kate Smith. We will continue playing God Bless America on the Cigar Dave Show. In perpetuity, we will not succumb to the lame-ass political correctness movement. And before we get into litation, let me give you just a quick primer about God Bless America. Written by Irving Berlin during World War I in 1918, revised by him in the run-up to World War II in 1938, Kate Smith, her signature song, nobody, and I mean nobody, 
has ever sung God Bless America like Kate Smith. And when Celine Dion recorded it after the 9-11 attacks, a French-Canadian, I was outraged. Celine Dion, first of all, is no Kate Smith. That's first. Second of all, I don't need a French-Canadian performing God Bless America. You want to perform God Bless Quebec or God Bless Canada? Sweetheart, be my guest. But there's only one person that is entitled to record God Bless America and have it sung at public performances, and that is Kate Smith. We're going to play God Bless America at the conclusion of today's show in support of Kate Smith and to show those enemies of speech, those members of the PC police, that we will be under term. We're not going to judge Kate Smith on one song out of 3,200. Not going to happen. Just like we would not judge MLK for his views on homosexuality back in the 1950s and 60s, using it by a 2019 standard. Not acceptable, not going to happen. Giant nads of steel with this five-star, as opposed to all those other wussified betas that rolled and caved. Dumb decision. All right, I am now ready, front and center, to enjoy a fine cigar and a great libation. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, the April 2019 Officers Club selection has been shipped. Most everybody should be receiving or has, have received it by now. It was uh, sent out uh, Tuesday by priority mail, so most every member should have had it by yesterday. Today at the latest, if you're living in Hawaii or Alaska. And it is the Hoya La Amistad Vertical Sampler. La Amistad means the friendship from Spanish to English. A unique collaboration, Nicaraguan collaboration, between General Cigar Company and A.J. Fernandez down in Nicaragua. The Hoya La Amistad Collection all full-bodied cigar, each blend slightly different palate, taste, and feel. There is the Hoya La Amistad Gold, the Hoya La Amistad Silver, and the Hoya La Amistad Black. The gold was the original. First release in the Hoya La Amistad series, encased in a lush Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and a four-region Nicaraguan filler blend. Filler from the Esteli, Ometepe, Condega, and Jalapa regions of Nicaragua. It is indeed a beautiful cigar. Now, every single one of these Hoyla Amistads are full flavored, but everyone is just a little bit unique. Full bodied, nice and spicy, lush taste, not going to blow you away. A lot of flavor, full bodied, but it's not going to be harsh in any way, shape, or form. Silver, a little bit different, a little bit more spicy mocha-like notes, and the black features a dark, oily Ecuadorian Oscuro wrapper. It is a spicy firecracker within the Hoyla Amistad portfolio, major bold taste. But I have the Hoyla Amistad Gold as a, uh, I've got the Robusto in front of me. I take it out of the cellophane wrapper here. Has a beautiful white and red uh, modern adaptation of the Hoya band. Almost looks like the Cuban 
Hoya de Monterrey band, a little bit different, and it's got A.J. Fernandez as a secondary band, gold, red, and white, very elegant. Oh, this Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, nice caramel brown color, Colorado in color, wonderful aroma. Eight bucks, suggested retail, beautiful cigar, my cigar of choice today, the Hoya La Amistad Gold, part of the April 2019 Officers Club selection, featuring the Hoya La Amistad Vertical Sampler. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I have just pulled out my self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine. In fact, it is super sharp. Would not want to uh, stick my finger in this thing. But a great cutter. In fact, this particular cutter was given to me by Kaizad Hensodia of Gurkha Cigars. Beautiful Gurkha design. Very, very nice. Got multiple cutters, and he said, General, I think you're going to enjoy this. So take it, see what you think. Love it. Very, very nice cutter. Everything Kaizad makes at Gurkha, between the cigars, accessories, humidors, carrying cases, top shelf, and this cutter, ultra thin, but very, very ultra elegant. Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus. Well, I've got the welder's torch from the Cigar Dave RD Laboratories giant welding flame. Big tank. Again, you could weld steel with this thing, but don't. Use this for your cigars. That's what I will use today on my Hoya La Amistad Gold. Cigar, Cigar pre lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Oh, perfect cut. Man, is this thing sharp. Outstanding. Let me now take my. Cigar Dave R&D Litation Blowtorch. Welder's torch, actually. Listen to that. Listen to that flame. Man, oh, man. Magnificent. Toasting the foot of the cigar. I want the wrapper to toast first. Then we'll get to the binder and the filler. Very, very nice. Taking my time. No rush. No rush. Beautiful. Now I'm going to puff and rotate. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. Mm. Mm. Taking my time. Fantastic. Mm. Very, very nice. Mm. All right. Blow on the foot of this cigar. Oh, needs just a little touch on the southeastern quadrant of the foot of this cigar. Out. Standing. We are ready to go. Mm. Great draw. Mm. Definite some bold, spicy notes on here. But this Ecuadorian Habano wrapper gives it almost like a nutty type of complexion. A lot of flavor. Just one more touch up here. Mm. Very nice. And I have selected the perfect accoutrement for this full-bodied Hoya La Amistad gold cigar. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I've just poured a glass of beer from a craft brewery in Munster, Indiana. Munster, also known as Funster, Indiana. Quite the town. In northwest Indiana, just about uh, 30 miles south of Chicago. Bedroom community to Chicago. And this is the Three Floyds Alpha King Pale Ale. Now, I happened to be in Chicago and Munster, Indiana last week, 
for the Passover holiday, visiting Cigar Aunt Trudy and the Cigar Cousins. And so, Cigar Cousin Daryl said, "You gotta, tr- we gotta go to this craft brewery. But if we don't have time, we gotta pick up this one beer. You're gonna like it. Fits right in with the show. Three Floyd's Alpha King Pale Ale. Now, as soon as I saw Alpha King, I knew I had to buy it. Three Floyd's named after three members of the Floyd family. They started their brewery in Indiana back in 1996 with just a few hundred bucks, a five-barrel Frankenstein Wachburner-fired brew kettle, some repurposed open Swiss cheese fermenters, and an old Canfield's cola tank. But they started growing, and all of their beers strictly adhere to the German beer purity law. So they have been very successful, opened up a uh, very nice brewery, and now they've got a ton of different beers that come out. They've got some seasonals, some year-round. This is part of their year-round. So this Alpha King Ale, Pale Ale, has some nice citrus and mango notes on the nose. I've got it right here. Hmm, almost like a sweet nasal bouquet. More sniffs. Dark rosado, orange, almost amber like color. Actually, very nice color matchup to the Hoyla Amistad gold. Very similar to the wrapper color. Let me take a sip here. I will say cheers. Mm. Wow. Some noticeable hoppiness right off the get go. Hmm. Definite noticeable hoppiness. Mm. Take another sip. Some lemon tanginess. A bit of sweetness on the back of the palate as it goes down. And it's very, very smooth. Now, this is a higher IBU content, international bitterness units. A lager may have 18, anywhere between 16 to 20, 22 on the IBU scale. This is an American Pale Ale. It is a 68 on the IBU scale. So you're going to get a lot of flavor, a lot of strength, but it's very smooth on the way down considering the ample 68 IBU level. I would say this is on the lower end of uh, full-bodied. Take another sip. And this goes nicely, I think, with a medium or full-bodied, uh, full-flavored cigar. Goes nicely with my Hoyla Amistad Gold, which is fuller flavored. Would also go nicely, I think, with a mild to medium Maduro. And when you look at the Alpha King, the label on this, very unique. It's definitely on the edge, very edgy. Green background, yellow print uh, with a little red. I don't know what, almost looks like a monster type of character on the, on the front of it. But it had Alpha King, and as Alpha Males, we love everything Alpha. So therefore... I figured I would try it, and this Alpha King Three Floyds Pale Ale, very, very nice from the Three Floyds Craft Brewery, Munster, Indiana. Very pleasant. I have my cigar lit. I'll take a puff. And one more sip. Absolutely outstanding. Now, as I said to you, I am loaded with content today. No guest. I am loaded. I've got umpteen diatribes. In the next hour, I'm going to get to the pressure to raise the tobacco purchase age from 18 to 21. Mitch McConnell. Talk about another beta Nadler sack of garbage. A 
Piglikin, another one that I can't stand. He's another fraud and phony. But I'll tell you the backstory why he is supporting a Senate bill to raise the tobacco purchase age to 21. There's always more to the story, my fellow alphas, fellow lieutenants. And also, I'm going to tell you, I am sickened by the NCAA. Something they did to a football player wanting to transfer from Coastal Carolina, a lineman, to Virginia Tech, Brock Hoffman. And I'll tell you what the NCAA did. Meanwhile, coaches can move wherever the hell they want, sign big deals, sign a contract today, move tomorrow. It is unbelievable. Boeing under attack again, have issues now with their 787 being built in their uh, Charleston, South Carolina factory. We are loaded. Tons of stuff to get to today. We will continue around the corner. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The Cigar Dave Officers Club is the premier opportunity for you to experience fantastic cigars shipped to you every month. A beautiful variety of cigars, whether it's mild, medium, full from various countries. And the April 2019 Officers Club selection is loaded with full-bodied flavor. We are featuring the Hoyo La Amistad Vertical Sampler. La Amistad or the Friendship, translated from Spanish to English, is a unique a Nicaraguan collaboration between General Cigar and A.J. Fernandez. Three great cigars, all full body, the Hoya La Amistad Gold, the Hoya La Amistad Silver, and the Hoya La Amistad Black, all full flavored, all uniquely different. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club today and get great cigars delivered to you like the Hoya La Amistad Vertical Sampler. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Join now, the Cigar Dave Officers Club. America's Alpha Male with Nads of Steel, the General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. I'm going to take a listen to this of Pompero while I take a few puffs here of my Hoyla Amistad. Mm. 
bajo mi dolor es que la, que la flor más perfumada, dolor, dolor es Lolita Lola. Chico and the Gypsies. We play the Gypsy Kings, and actually Chico was one of the original Gypsy Kings and went on his own, and they are every bit as good, if not better, than the Gypsy Kings. And by the way, for those of you, I've talked about the Gypsy Kings over a number of years on the show. I've been to many of their concerts, and they're touring again, but about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I went to one of their concerts here in St. Petersburg, and it wasn't the Gypsy Kings. There was maybe one or two of the original Gypsy Kings. Now they've got their kids in there, not as good. So if you see it advertised, the original Gypsy Kings not touring, don't waste your time, don't waste your money. What I would do is go buy all the Gypsy King CDs or go on, uh, on, uh, on, on Amazon or go on uh, Spotify or Apple Music, do it that way. Just download their songs, play it, not the same. All right, Debo Sweeney, Debo Sweeney, the head coach of Clemson, this week signs a 10-year, $93 million contract running through 2028 to stay as the head coach at Clemson. Now, there's a buyout clause, $4 million for the first two years, a $2 million extra kicker. If he wants to leave, if he goes to Alabama, he wants to leave tomorrow. For example, if uh, USC says, we want to hire Debo Sweeney, he can go. Either he or the uh, school that hires him pays a $4 million kicker. Or if it's Alabama, it's a $6 million buyout. Coaches can go wherever the hell they want. We have indentured servitude, indentured slavery in the NCAA. And I'll give you a perfect example. Talk about the numbskulls, the absolute schmucks, dumbass spamutzes at the NCAA headquarters in Indianapolis. Brock Hoffman, a lineman at Coastal Carolina University, applied for a medical family hardship waiver in March to transfer to Virginia Tech and gain immediate eligibility at Virginia Tech without having to sit out a year. So he followed everything. They went through the waivers, the compliance department with Virginia Tech. And the reason he wanted to come closer to home is because Hoffman's mother, Stephanie Hoffman, had surgery to remove an acoustic neuroma, a non-cancerous brain tumor in early 2017. His mother lives in Statesville, North Carolina. His mother still suffers from lingering side effects, including facial paralysis on the left side, hearing loss, impaired eyesight. Now, I ask you, common sense. The man's mother had a brain tumor, surgically removed, still has the lingering effects. Son wants to be closer to his mother. Play at Virginia Tech. Nobody had a problem. Coastal Carolina didn't. Virginia Tech. However, the NCAA did because they said because that there's a 100-mile exclusion that therefore he's, I think, within five miles of the 100 miles, so they are going to deny it. What a bunch of heartless sacks of garbage sons of bitches sit in the NCAA while the colleges and the universities make millions, millions and millions and zillions, as Bernard Sanders would say, off the backs of these students. 
They have the chutzpah to deny a medical hardship. Screw the NCAA. Do the right thing, NCAA. Hour two is next. This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Well, I can tell you, as I puff on my Hoya Amistad Gold, full flavored, a little nuttiness, nice spice, tad bit of sweetness, very pleasant. Let me take a sip of my Three Floyds Alpha King Pale Ale from the Craft Brewery in Munster, Indiana. Mmm. <clears throat> tasty. Very tasty. Very delicious. And I am reclining back in my very comfortable custom-made leather executive chair fit for the global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief that uh, is embroidered with the five stars of my rank. And wherever you may be, as the weather gets better, I hope you're enjoying a cigar. I hope you're enjoying your libation, enjoying your harem. They're giving you plenty of Happy endings, and you have some sort of dead animal meat product on your grill. Speaking of meat, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I was up last week with uh, Cigar Mother Piera visiting Cigar Aunt Trudy and the Cigar Cousins up in the Chicago area, Munster, Indiana, to be specific. And Cigar Aunt Trudy, on two of the nights, said, I'm going to make a rib roast. She picks up this rib roast. I've never seen a rib roast before. I've had prime rib but I've never seen it. And she went and said, I got an eight pound rib roast. I'm going to make it in the oven. And so she shows me how to prepare it because I said, oh, this is interesting. Very easy. We called, of course, Colonel Ange just to get a couple of pointers because Colonel Ange, the absolute global expert when it comes to any sort of delicacy meat cooking product. So she puts this little glaze on it. I took copious notes, puts it on a rib roast pan. It comes usually with your oven. And you, you put it on a rack, and then you put it on the pan. You stick it in the oven. Now, you preheat the oven. I think she had it 450 for about 20 minutes on the roast or convection roast setting. Now, I have I moved into the Pleasure Palace 15 years ago. And I've got the double ovens, got all the bells and whistles, all the digital, all that nonsense. I mean, basically, I use it for broil. That's primarily it. And I said to her and to my mother, I don't think my oven has a roast function. And they looked at me, of course it does. I'm like, I don't think so. So I looked at the manual, pulled it up online. Sure enough, it's got a convection roast setting. So I say to myself, okay, great. I'm going to take notes because if this turns out well, I'm going to make a rib roast when I get back to the Cigar City, back to the Pleasure Palace. She puts a 450 for about 20, 25 minutes, then lowers the temperature to 350. And I think uh, 
I want to say it went in there for about another two and a half hours till we got the internal temperature to 130, which is medium rare. Came out of the oven, absolutely gorgeous. Nice little sear on the top. Let it sit for just about, we tented it for about 10 minutes, and I had the, did the carving, carved nice slices, and then they put the, the uh, like this rubber band around it, so basically it keeps it attached to the ribs. And then I cut the ribs on the bottom. Delicious. Silky, smooth, and mouth-watering, juicy like butter. Absolutely tasty. So good she made it a few nights later. But I've subsequently found out that you can add your favorite wine or water, but add your favorite wine, about a cup, cup and a half, to the pan. And that'll give it even a more unique flavor. So I'm going to purchase a rib roast this weekend, and I'm going to attempt to make one myself. Usually, I make a steak on the cast iron skillet or on the grill. I'm going to try it this way, but absolutely delicious. So very easy. So for those of you that are in the mood for meat, if the weather's terrible outside, just get a rib roast. You can get four, six, eight pounds. Just go to the uh, supermarket, the butcher. Tell them how you want it cut. Tell them you want it. Uh, you want the uh, the rope tied around it so it doesn't come apart. And basically, you create a little type of glaze. You can put a little bit of uh, pepper. You can put a little of onion powder. You can put a little salt. Whatever you want with like a smoky type flavor thing, and boom, you stir it, and away you go, easy peasy. So make a rib roast. If the weather's terrible and you have a desire for meat, I couldn't believe how easy. Now, it is kind of a pain in the ass to clean up because the when you've got all the, you know, the fat that's melting and you've got this grease that's splattering all over the place, you're going to have to clean your oven. Let it cool, then you got to clean the oven. But it is well worth it. So I learned something new. All right. We are under attack. Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. Well, Senate Majority Leader Mitch Natalis McConnell introduced a Senate bill to raise the tobacco purchase age to 21. Now, Mitch McConnell comes from Kentucky. Kentucky is a tobacco state. A lot of cigarette manufacturers headquartered in Kentucky, or one time were. And as you will see, there's a money component to Mitch McConnell's reasoning for introducing legislation to raise the tobacco age. It is going to be called the Tobacco 21 Bill. It joins House Bill 2804 that was introduced by Republican Representative Robert Aderholt of Alabama to raise the tobacco purchase age to 21, as well as H.R. 2339 introduced by Representative Donna Lululemon Shalala, taxocrat from Miami, that includes language to raise the tobacco purchase age. McConnell introduced the plans for ability press conference where he was joined by President and CEO of the Foundation for a Healthy Kentucky, Ben Chandler, State Senator Julie Rack Adams and State Representative Kim Moser. And of course, he made a big deal saying, I'm proud to join my colleagues. I want to, I am championing this initiative to make all schools in Kentucky tobacco free, build on the progress to protect the health of our teens nationwide. McConnell said that 
he's been hearing for from parents for many years who've seen an unprecedented unprecedented spike in vaping among their teenage children. Now, we're not seeing a spike in cigar consumption because only adults, 21 and over, or 18 and over, certain states, if it is legal, smoke cigars. But they're not buying the expensive premium hand-rolled cigars. So we're seeing all this vaping. Kids aren't starting smoking cigarettes, but vaping. Now, my question is, if a kid who is under 18, the legal purchase age in most states and municipalities, although that's changing, if they were sold vaping products, the problem is... The retailers selling it. Because I will tell you, cigar retailers and tobacconists are not going to sell tobacco or vaping products to anyone underage. Period. But McConnell said that he got calls from parents. And that we know people who start smoking at a young age and struggle to quit as adults. It's reaching epidemic levels around the country. And my legislation, he said, will be similar to the current system where retailers have the responsibility to verify the age of anyone buying products, but instead of 18, it'll be 21. Well, no kidding, Mitchie baby. No kidding. As I mentioned, retailers have always had the responsibility to make sure who's ever purchasing their products are of legal age. If not, then the retailer has the problem, and they are responsible, and they're getting called out by the FDA and by other groups. Now, this is what we are seeing, a, a movement to raise the tobacco. They're calling it the T21 movement, tobacco age 21. Now, Mitch McConnell, you say, wait a minute. Why on earth would he want to raise the age when he comes from a tobacco state? Why on earth? Well, as always, there is more to the story. As the great Paul Harvey would say, page two. Because tobacco giant, big tobacco company, Altria, last December bought a 35% stake in Juul, the big e-cigarette company that you're seeing all over the place that has creme brulee flavored vaping products, Virginia tobacco, raspberry, all sorts of flavors. Now, you say to yourself, wait a minute, they bought a 35% stake. How much did Altria pay for that 35% stake? Would you say $100 million? Sergeant Steve, let me ask you. Let's play the Price is Right game Higher or lower? Do you remember that game with the great Bob Barker where somebody would say, here's the retail price, and you give a price, and Bob would say, higher or lower? Let's play the game. Do We, ha- we don't have any prices Right music, do we? I don't have that handy, no. Uh, you know what? We should have called Schnitt. He's got all that music. Ah, we could have had him. Yes. We could have had the Yodelehihu music, the prices Right. Put a note that we need to get the prices Right music. But let's play the higher or lower game. So giant, tobacco giant, big tobacco, Altria, buys 35% of Juul back in December. So I will give you, you get the guess, and I will say higher or lower. How much do you think Altria paid for that 35% stake in Juul? I'll start with the number you put out, $100 million. Higher. $200 million. Higher. $400 million. Higher. $700 million. Higher. Let's just start 
I'll tell you what. Let's start at $10 billion. How's that? I'll make it easier for you. Higher than $10, 10 billion? billion? St- higher. $20 billion. Lower. $14 billion. Lower. $12 billion. Higher. 13 Correct. $13 billion valuing Jewel at $38 billion. So they paid just uh, under a hair, a hair under $13 billion. Now think about this for a second. $13 billion they pay for Jewel because they know that traditional cigarette smoking is going bye-bye. So they hedge their bets. People now doing more vaping, and they know damn well that younger people are taking up vaping. They know that with all these different flavors. Not with cigars. You don't see that. But they know that Juul and these Juul pods, they are just growing. And they also got the distribution and logistic rights, including the right to sell Juul through Altria's sale organization that covers 230,000 retail locations. And there's other different uh, kickers in here, but you know it's just a matter of time before Altria comes in and says, we're taking the whole thing. Now, Altria has a $13 billion investment in Juul. Now, you would say to yourself, well, why would they want to lower the age from, or raise the age from 18 to 21? Because they know they're under pressure. And they want to protect their investment. So they look like the good guys by saying, we want to raise, we're not in favor of 18. We want to raise the tobacco and the vaping age to 21. So they look like the good guys, even though they know that people under 21 are probably going to get the product. Now you say, well, wait a minute. There's got to be some, we know there's $13 billion involved. Why would Mitch McConnell... Why would the majority leader of the Senate, Republican Mitch McConnell, why would he be the man to initiate the legislation? Sergeant Steve, who do you think was the sixth largest contributor in the 2016 election cycle to both Mitch McConnell, both as individuals and to his PAC? Altria. Correct. They donated... A total between individuals and PACs, $121,208. Would you care to guess in the 2018, select, 18, the 2018 election cycle who Mitch McConnell's number two largest donors were? I have no idea. Altria. They went from six to two, but instead in 2016, they donated $121,208 between individuals and PACs. The members of the Altria management and company and PACs, they donated $156,000. Number two behind Blackstone Group and just ahead of Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, called Goldman Sachs. There's always more to the story that meets the eye. So good old Mitchie Poo from Kentucky says, Yep, I'm in favor of the T21, the Tobacco 21 movement. Now, do you think Mitch did it out of the goodness of his heart? Because he really believes that it's going to change anything? That he really believes that 21-year-olds should really, tobacco smoking or, or vaping should really rise to 21? Hell no. He's doing it because his bosom buddies at Altria, who have sucked up to him, given him the second largest amount of campaign contributions in the last election cycle, said, Mitchie, baby, listen. 
We need to raise the age to 21 because we got 13 billion plus sunk in Juul. We can't have any more legislation. We want to make sure like we're the good guys. So we're going to protect our investment and we're going to screw the cigar companies, screw everybody else. So we need you to raise the age. Nonetheless, at 18, you can vote. At the age of 18, you can serve in the military. You can die for your country, but you can't have a drink until you're 21. Now, in Canada, you can drink at 18. Now they want to raise the firearms purchase age from 18 to 21. Now I've got a huge problem raising the age, being able to buy cigars from 18 to 21. But what I find amazing, Sergeant Steve, let's cue up good old Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, because just about a month or so ago, during a press conference, she was asked about if she supports lowering the voting age to 16. Listen to what wacky Nancy had to say. I myself, personally, I'm not speaking for my caucus, I myself have always been for lowering the, vote, the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids when they're in high school, when they're interested in all of this, when they're learning about government to be able to vote. That is, that is not necessary. You know, in other words, some of the priorities in this bill are about uh, transparency and openness and accessibility and the rest. Uh, that's a subject of debate. But my view is that... Uh, I would welcome that. But I've been in that position for a long time. So we're not smart enough at 18 to make an informed decision to purchase or consume tobacco products. We're not smart enough at 18 to make a rational decision whether to purchase and consume alcohol. Yet we are smart enough, according to Nancy Pelosi and all the other taxocrats, to lower the voting age to 16. No, the reason they want to lower the voting age to 16 is because they know that most high school students have been brainwashed pursuant to liberal Obama youth-type tactics. And I've experienced it firsthand. I've talked to high school students, and some of the nonsense that they're being taught is beyond unbelievable. I mean, perfect example, talking to a former high school student telling me that Abraham Lincoln, they were taught in school by their teacher that Abraham Lincoln was pro-slavery and owned slaves. Uh, in astonishment, I said, who told you that? Or a high school history teacher. I said, what did it say in the book? Don't know. We didn't read the book. But that's what he said. Again, brainwashing at the high school level. It's happening at the grade school level. Nothing could be further than the truth. Abraham Lincoln, the man who signed the, the Emancipation Proclamation, the man who led the Republican Party, which is an anti-slavery party, the man who was assassinated because of his anti-slavery positions, pro-slavery, own slaves? Are you kidding? But this is the nonsense. So that's why all the taxocrats want the voting age lowered to 16. But again, we're too stupid. We're not smart enough. Kids 18 aren't smart enough to decide that they want to consume, purchase and consume tobacco or alcohol. But at 18, they're smart enough to enlist in the Army, put their lives and limb on the line, get blown apart in battle, but not smart enough to have a cigar or a drink at the age of 18. This reeks of hypocrisy. It stinks. We are living now. Forget, you know, you say, oh, geez, boy, the Soviet Union. This is exactly what we're seeing now, the United Soviet States of America. 
more restrictions on products than ever. The assumption by all these politicians is that the electorate is stupid. Look, you've seen how do you, you see how we as Trump supporters, I know there may some of you may not be Trump supporters. Okay, that's fine. We can't all be perfect. But some of you or 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 most of you that supported President Donald Trump, Trump 2020, hashtag Trump 2020, continue making America great, keep America great again. You are being vilified by Democrats and those that are anti-Trump saying, you're stupid, you're racist, you're too dumb. This is how they, this is what they think of people. This is what they think of people that don't agree with them. And we're seeing a small group of people, primarily Democrats, but we're seeing more Republicans. That's my new word for them, because Mitch McConnell is a Republican. Can't stand him, don't like him, met him. Remember, he did not, there wasn't a big fan of Trump early on. He and Ryan were buddies. But then all of a sudden, McConnell kind of uh, had an awakening, had an epiphany. But these group of legislators now believe that they are far smarter than you and I are, more uh, educated, more intelligent, and they have the divine right to determine how to live your life, what decisions you should make, what you may and may not consume. We are seeing this all over the place now. And it's coming not just to tobacco. They're going after your coffee. They will go after your meat. They will go after any product they deem to be socially unacceptable. They're going after your plastic bags, plastic straws. Again, who are these people? It's a small group. Remember, the Democrats must, and I firmly believe this, the Democrats must have an enemy. They must have a cause. Global warming. They don't have the scientific evidence, but they must have. They want to say, spew it enough that people will believe it. Because through that, they gain power. It is all about them gaining power. They gain power over raising the tobacco age. They gain power by lowering the voting age. It is all about power. It is unacceptable. Age 21 to purchase cigars? I think the hell not. It is absurd. And we've got more Enemy of Pleasure news coming your way around the clock. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Hoyo La Amistad sampler, including the Hoyo La Amistad Gold. This cigar is an exciting, one-of-a-kind collaboration with A.J. Fernandez. La Amistad Gold is a bold and full-bodied smoke, featuring an exceptional balance of sweetness and spice. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. 
The Padrón lines include the Padrón 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padrón Traditional line. All Padrón cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padrón. For your Padrón retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padrón is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Cigar Dave Show, there are several things we really like in a Washington bureaucrat. Uh, embalming fluid? A wooden stake through the heart? Well, I guess after those two things, you really don't need the rest. The voice of the alpha male worldwide, the global five-star and alpha male-in-chief, the general, front and center, command center alpha. A couple of items here before I get back to discussing the enemies of pleasure and enemies of cigars and the prohibitionists. Brady Fisher, who is a longtime friend, the proprietor of Brady's Backyard Barbecue, who passed away uh, just about uh, three weeks ago or so. Good friend. Love going to his uh, great restaurant in Safety Harbor, which is just across Tampa Bay from Tampa right near the Safety Harbor Spa, well-known institution, the Brady's Backyard Barbecue. They don't have a fryer in the place. Everything is homemade. Their ribs are fantastic. Their brisket, their ch- everything is great. Pork, Boston butt, can't go wrong. Brady was on the show many, many times, catered many of my, my parties, passed away after a long, long uh, battling a, a long illness. And this week, the Safety Harbor City Commission on Monday night, agreed to honor Brady um, with public art pieces. And the public art piece that will honor Brady Fisher will lightly incorporate the hashtag Brady Strong, um, Brady Strong hashtag in some manner. And the city manager said that Safety Harbor City staff reviewed the best places to honor both uh, Brady and another gentleman from Safety Harbor. And they suggested a piece of public art at the Safety Harbor Community Center to honor Fisher, whose Brady's Backyard Barbecue has long sponsored two youth basketball teams, uh, as well as a second piece at uh, a park to honor another gentleman who donated money toward the purchase of the land that is home to, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the park. So we will definitely keep you abreast of that. And by the way, if any of you that are listening either here in Tampa on our flagship 102.5 FM, The Bone, or on our mobile app, or anywhere across the country. If your travels take you to the Cigar City of Tampa, the Tampa Bay area, you want great barbecue, go over to Brady's Backyard Barbecue. If From Tampa International Airport, it is right across the Courtney Campbell Causeway. It is 15 minutes tops, without traffic, of course. Easy to get to. Brady's Backyard Barbecue, just tell them Cigar Dave, the general, sent you and that I raved about the place, and I know that Joanne, his entire family, they take uh, great pride 
in not only their food, but their service and treating their customers like family. So head over to Brady's Backyard Barbecue. In fact, Sergeant Steve, mark it on the calendar next week. Let's plan on going to lunch there one a day and uh, and and giving a tribute to the great uh, Brady Fisher. We'll raise a rib for him. Uh, and I remember we taped uh, July 4th show about uh, maybe two, three summers ago there. And Brady was with us and on many shows, and we certainly are going to miss him. But I know that Joanne and his entire family will will carry on the Brady's Backyard Barbecue tradition. So mark it on the calendar, Steve. Let's plan on going next week. Done. All right. That was easy. I mean, listen, great barbecue. In fact, you know what? Let's talk uh, Big Dom, Dom Siciliano. Let's get him uh, as well and see if we can get a show of unity going over. Uh, to the great uh, Brady Fisher's uh, establishment, Brady's Backyard Barbecue. All right, also, next week, Cinco de Mayo tequila tasting maneuvers. And as always, no illegal Mexican aliens will be used in the production of our Cinco de Mayo tequila tasting maneuver show. So we'll be tasting tequilas, tequila-related cocktails next week, maybe even some Mexican delicacies as well. And I want to tell you about the... May Officers Club selection, the April selection of the Hoyla Amistad vertical sampler, the gold, the silver, and the black, phenomenal. Well, on the backs of that, the May Officers Club selection from Perdomo Cigar is a doozy. It is the Perdomo Habano bourbon barrel-aged vertical line of cigars. It comes both in a sun-grown, in a Connecticut, and in a Maduro. Same binder and filler, but the wrapper gives it a unique flavor. The Connecticut, a little bit milder. The Sun Grown, a little bit tangier. And the Habano, or actually the, the Maduro, definitely some nice kick to it. So you will get a vertical sampler of the Perdomo Habano bourbon, bourbon barrel aged. Great cigars. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, do not delay. You have until... Uh, what is it, uh, April 30th to join. If you want to get the May selection of the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Age Vertical Sampler, three cigars, the Maduro, the Sun Grown, the Connecticut, $22.95 per month. Membership is month to month. We do not have any long contracts. If you want a variety of different flavors and tastes and wrappers, the Officers Club is perfect for you. Great gift, great gift to yourself. To your girlfriend, your boyfriend, a coworker, relative, go to cigardave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month, gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. And if you want to get the May selection of the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Vertical Sampler, you must join by April 30th. So do not delay, do it right now. All right, I want to just finish up talking about the prohibitionists. We've seen this, the FDA pressuring various retailers to raise the tobacco age from 18 to 21. We're now starting, starting to see it in legislation. Mitch McConnell and some of the other taxocrats and republicans uh, in the cesspool, the swamp of Washington, have been doing, for whatever their reason, forever their motive is, they've been introducing these bills. And as I said, there is de facto prohibition where you make it so difficult for retailers to sell a product that you essentially have de facto prohibition. And the FDA has done just that. They're going after any big box retailer, a pharmacy, that is still selling tobacco. 
CVS a few years ago voluntarily said we're going to eliminate tobacco. Okay, that was their right. I don't shop at CVS. I go to Walgreens. I go to other drugstores, other pharmacies. Walgreens said, look, we sell it to adults, 18 plus. We are not going to stop selling it. We put it behind the counter. It's almost impossible to find. It used to be on the counters, even cigars. Now everything's behind the counter. you got to go through hoops to get a pack of whether it's cigarettes or uh, if you want a, a package of cigars. It's a major ordeal. The FDA had a target. They want any retailer, national pharmacy, that sells tobacco, they wanted to make it extremely difficult for them. De facto prohibition. Giving them a hard time. Inspection after inspection. Saying, oh, we found all these, these, uh, these clerks that were selling tobacco to underage youth. I'd like to see the studies. They've never released them. But, of course, they use that to essentially strong-arm Walgreens and other pharmacies. Well... The FDA put Walgreens on notice in February saying that the pharmacy chain violated rules that prohibit selling tobacco products to underage buyers. And they said that some 22% of Walgreens locations inspected by the FDA caught employees illegally selling tobacco products to minors. I don't believe it, and I'll tell you why. Because everywhere you go, there, is these, there are these big signs that say that you cannot purchase tobacco unless your birthday is before this date. I mean, they've got these things. They're, they're like uh, electronic signs or they're these, it looks like almost a calendar where you rip off the pages. They're everywhere. The clerks are taught, so I don't believe it for a minute. Well, Walgreens now tightening their policies in response to the FDA's strong-arm tactics. Just like the mob, the FDA harassed and harangued Walgreens. Starting September 1st, Walgreens announced that they will not sell tobacco products to anyone who is not at least the age of 21. Interesting. So the president of Walgreens says we've seen positive results from other recent efforts to strengthen our policies related to tobacco sales and believe this next step can be even more impactful to reduce its use among teens and young adults, said Richard Ashworth, Walgreens president of operations. Not buying it. They were strong-armed by the FDA. No ifs, no ands, or buts. Now, that was on April 23rd. Well, later that day, you'll never guess what other drugstore pharmacy chain followed suit. Rite Aid, right after the announcement that Walgreens made, said they will raise the minimum age to buy tobacco products to 21 within the next 90 days. Rite Aid COO Brian Everett said, raising the age for purchasing tobacco products is an important step in our efforts to ensure that these products do not fall into the hands of children and teens. Well, if you follow the rules saying you must be at least 18 to purchase tobacco products, why would that be a problem? If you're following the rules, and again, this is nothing more than strong-arm tactics. I'd like to see the FDA's report. Why don't you release the report of every single check that your inspectors made, where and what time? I'd like to see it. I think it's a load of poppycock. No ifs, no ands, no buts. De facto prohibition. In Hawaii, I told you about a bill that a taxocrat introduced saying that they're going to raise the age to 21, then 25, then it's going to be 40, then it's going to be 65, and within, I think, what is it, eight years, or five years, it's going to be, you've got to be 100. So they're saying, no, we're not. 
prohibiting the sale of tobacco products. We're just raising the age. Well, I'm sorry. You raise the age to 100, that is de facto prohibition. City of Beverly Hills, not allowing any tobaccos, tobacco products sold within the city limits. They're voting on it. De facto prohibition. Prohibition doesn't work. There will be black markets. Mark my words. But is this what we are living in? I mean, we are living now. This is even worse than the Soviet Union. This is worse than any dictatorial regime. This country was founded on personal liberties, personal rights, personal freedoms. Our founding forefathers would be absolutely not only astonished, but completely outraged at the attacks on our personal liberties. Our founding forefathers were not teetotalers. They enjoyed libations. They enjoyed their tobacco. But yet here we are in the 21st century, de facto prohibition all over the country. It must end. I am sick of these numbskull politicians who are stupid as the day is long. Trust me, I've dealt with them, I've talked to them, I've seen them. They are dumber than a box of lead bricks. They couldn't find their way out of a piss-soaked paper bag. That's why none of them really want term limits, because they couldn't get a job in the private sector. I mean, we've got a mayor in Tampa here, Bob Buckhorn, who I liked at one time, but something changed in him. Power got to his head. Now, his whole life's ambition was to become mayor of Tampa. He was a lackey. He was a nobody. He was the assistant, the lackey for uh, one of the mayors, Sandy Freeman, for years. Then took a job as, an, what, an $18,000, $20,000 a year city councilman for umpteen years. Married well, married a physician. So that was his sugar mama for a while. And then he runs for mayor unsuccessfully, runs again and wins. He's term limited out. Said he was going to run for governor, but I know the truth why he decided not to run for governor, even though he said he just wanted to spend more time with his kids. Sure. I know the truth, but I won't say the truth. Now he's got to find something to do. He's going to be out of a job in a couple of weeks because we've elected the first LGBTQ mayor, the former chief of police, Jane Castor. They're making a big deal because she's the first lesbian that's Keep been elected. Lesbian, lesbian, lesbian. All together now. Lesbian. And MSNBC and the Democrats making a big deal. Never mind, she was a Republican until 2015. Oh, the first lesbian mayor elected. Who cares? I don't vote for somebody whether they're straight, gay, lesbian, have a harem, quadrisexual, bisexual, trisexual. I could care less. That's why people, I didn't vote for uh, Jane Castor. I didn't think she was a great police chief, but I didn't vote for her because I said, oh, she's an LGBTQ. Nobody cares. But everybody's got to make a big deal out of identity politics. But perfect example, Mayor Bob Buckhorn. He's not going to know what to do with himself. Nobody's going to return his calls anymore. Dumb politician that will have nowhere to go. So he will wait for some political appointment. Mark my word. Because he's not qualified to do anything else. He's never run a business. He's never been in the private sector. So he will either be living off the wifey and be a good uh, sugar, sugar, what do they call it? A sugar... Uh, there's a sugar daddy, but what, what would be a, a sugar guy? I don't know. What's, what's the term for somebody that has a sugar mama? He'll do that, or he will try to get a political appointment, or he'll try to get a job with Jeff Vinnick, who owns the Tampa Bay Lightning and trying to develop, and he's been kissing Vinnick's ass for I don't know how long, for umpteen years. Everywhere you go, you can see 
the former or Bob Bucker and soon to be former mayor's, you know, uh, lipstick all over Vinnick's ass. And I like Vinnick. He's a good guy. If he's smart, he will not hire the former mayor. But politicians are dumb. They're stupid. So long story short, these politicians think they're smarter than you and I. They're not. Enough of the prohibition. I don't need a dumbass politician to tell me what to do. Final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next with the great Kate Smith. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. The Cigar Dave Officers Club is the premier opportunity for you to experience fantastic cigars shipped to you every month. A beautiful variety of cigars, whether it's mild, medium, full from various countries. And the April 2019 Officers Club selection is loaded with full-bodied flavor. We are featuring the Hoyo La Amistad Vertical Sampler. La Amistad or the Friendship, translated from Spanish to English, is a unique a Nicaraguan collaboration between General Cigar and A.J. Fernandez. Three great cigars, all full body, the Hoya La Amistad Gold, the Hoya La Amistad Silver, and the Hoya La Amistad Black, all full flavored, all uniquely different. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club today and get great cigars delivered to you like the Hoya La Amistad Vertical Sampler. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Join now, the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Arriving as a wussified beta male. Departing as a certified alpha male. Cigar Dave, mission accomplished. This is great. This is a classic. A vegan restaurant in Australia that charged men 18% more than women is closing its doors, going out of business. Adios. Bye-bye. Handsome Her, located just outside of Melbourne. In fact, I wonder if uh, Lieutenant Aristotle has been there. No, probably not because he's not going to pay 18% more. Than women, not going to happen. He's, he's not a vegan. That I can guarantee you. No alpha male is or should be. 
Located just outside of Melbourne, will be shutting its doors the end of April. The owners describe the culinary experience as an adventure that describes how the two women are off to their next adventure up north, where they will be doing some hands-on work, something they said they have missed since they opened the restaurant. The closure, they say, is not a result of their prejudicial policy towards men that was applied for one week every month, whereby men had to pay exactly 18% more for food. The proprietors explained that their policy when the restaurant first opened in 2017, house rules rule number one, women have priority seating. Rule two, men will be charged an 18% premium to reflect the gender pay gap, which is donated to a women's service. And a rule three, respect goes both ways. Well, I am thrilled that this restaurant couldn't make it and went out of business. So to handsome her, the vegan restaurant, Bye-bye. Get the hell out. Talk about discriminatory. If a male did that to female patrons, you'd have now and every other dame jumping up and down. All right, a couple of items I did not get to. Wanted to get to uh, Boeing. They've got issues. I'll get to that next week. And also Gillette reported their earnings. Big problems with their Gillette razors. We talked about it first with that stupid ad a few months ago. We'll talk about it next week. And now I ask you to rise one more time without any further delay. We pay proper tribute to one of the great singers of all time. God bless America, Kate Smith. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains. sung the great Kate Smith. We will not disrespect her, disrespect her memory. We are not like the Nadalus executives at the New York Yankees and the Philadelphia Flyers that put Kate out to pasture. Unacceptable. We will always play Kate Smith here on the Cigar Dave Show. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. 
Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the PC police. And screw the history revisionists. We are alphas with giant nads of steel. We will not succumb to the latest whims of the PC movement.